You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As it said at the start, this is Locked On Indians. I am your host, Jeff Ellis of 24-7 Sports. Uh, just today, over on 24-7 Scouting Baseball, I finished off my top 52 for the uh, MLB draft. I have an article up about Carter Stewart and his choice to play baseball in Japan and why I think it's a genius move for him. And my full count trends piece also went live, uh, pointing out a few guys I haven't had a chance to talk about this year. We've had some big power production in college baseball. I want to give my basic thank you to everyone who is subscribing on the Himalaya app, iTunes, Google Play, whatever it is that you use. Thank you. Our numbers have stayed constant. It'd be great to see those go up. So uh, tell a friend. Download every day. Um, you know, the downloads matter a lot. So even if you think, oh, I'll pass today, download and delete. Um, anything that can help is a good thing for this podcast. On today's show, we're going to talk about the uh, loss to the Oakland Athletics. And that'll be the focus of the first half of the show. There was a lot that went on in this game. There's a lot to take apart. We'll go into the Ritter Prez injury. We'll go into the catching situation. We'll discuss Trevor Bauer and what's happened this year. Second half of the show, we're going to talk about Lynchburg, uh, players that are performing, players, basically the same thing we did yesterday. I'll talk about who are currently my top five prospects there, and we'll just dig into the numbers and see who are the guys you should know and who's flying under the radar. So the Indians lost another one today to the suddenly surging Oakland Athletics. Oakland was last in their division when the series began, but they are now on a five-game winning streak and are more in the middle of their division. The Indians were able to chase Akron's own Chris Bassett early, uh, but the problem was that while he gave up three runs, Bauer gave up four. Trevor Bauer allowed a home run today, and with that home run to Mark Kana, that is now, he has equaled his home run total from a year ago. Um, if you're an avid listener of this podcast, you know that I talked about Trevor Bauer's home run rate has been an issue in the past, and for some reason last year he was able to go from being home run prone to being the hardest player to hit a home run off of. He had the lowest home run per nine a year ago, and I mentioned that it was probably a bit fluky, and that's what we're seeing. The problem, though, is not only is Bauer giving up home runs, but now we're dealing with a Bauer who's extremely wild, uh, four walks, and three hit batters. Um, that's that's pretty awful. One of the first runs in this game from Oakland was due to, they didn't get a single hit. It was walk, hit batter, walk, walk, walk. Um, completely unforced errors, and he's not really striking out as many guys as he was t even a few years ago. I mean, he is in the midst. Trevor Bauer has always been incredibly inconsistent as a pitcher. Last year was the first time we really saw him put it all together. Um, he had, you know, at age 24, 25, 26 to 27, he was definitely improving. We were seeing him get a little bit better every year, but he just wasn't consistent. It would be... A good month, a bad month. Last year, he was just awesome start to injury. He was one of the best pitchers in baseball. Um, all of a sudden this year, his walk rate, and this isn't even counting today's game, is up to 4.3. That is his worst walk rate 
um, is a major league pitcher, and any season that he made over five appearances, his home run rate of 1.12 is not his worst, but it is up over one after it was down to 0.5 a year ago. His strikeout rate was down to 10.4, which was the worst over the last three years. Bauer is set up in a situation where he is likely going to be the number one or number two highest paid Indian in a year. If he doesn't straighten it out, the Indians aren't going to designate him for assignment or anything, but his value, um, I don't want to say it's cratering right now, but his value is nowhere near where it was over in the offseason. That's when I was definitely pushing to, to move him, and for some of the reasons I mentioned have been the fact that he has, has been inconsistent. He is going to be the first pitcher to hit free agency. He's going to be super expensive in 2020. And from a personal perspective, I just thought he was kind of a jerk. So when you put those all together, it seemed like the perfect time to move on. The Indians didn't. Bowers regressing. For someone who spends a lot of time, you know, he helped Clevenger, he helped Bieber. He needs to really sit down and figure out what's wrong with him because something is wrong. This is this has been multiple performances of him, and it's not been good. Uh, he has struggled. This was another bad outing for Trevor Bauer. Adam Simber gives up a run in relief. Nick Wetgren continues. Wetgren's ERA is almost under one. Uh, it's a it's fluky. I mean, he's not that good. But what a nice addition for someone the Marlins just let go for the Indians. Carlos Santana with his team-leading eighth home run. Lindor with his seventh home run. Those are definitely the stars of this Cleveland team. But you got to like the fact that... Uh, so that's the slash line for Lindor. 286 average, 331 on base percentage, 509 slugging. For Santana, 290, 404, 488. Between them, Jason Kipnis, who's got a 219, a 305, a 342. Um, and if I was, and then behind Santana, you have Carlos Gonzalez, who's at 210, 282, 276. I'm not sure why Gonzalez was moved back up in the lineup. Uh, I'm not sure why Gonzalez is playing, to be honest. But if I was a team, uh, I would almost never say this. I don't think you want to put guys on base. I'd never pitch to Carlos Santana. Carlos Gonzalez is not good. He is not replacement level. He is like you're putting a kid from high A to the majors. Um, I You could make a strong case that uh, somebody like Nolan Jones would be better performing at this point than Carlos Gonzalez. And I don't know why, if he is batting fifth, you would ever pitch to Santana, who's one of the two legitimately good hitters in the lineup this year. Ramirez with two walks today. At least we're getting that on-base percentage moving up. Uh, you go through the rest. Mercado with a, his third double already. Really good speed, so that's not a surprise. And, you know, it, was, it wasn't it was a great offensive game. But you do have kind of the the two stars that lined up. Santana also with two walks, who stepped up and performed for the Indians. Um, when the lineup is this barren, I don't like Frankie in the leadoff spot. I mean, his on-base percentage is not super high to begin with. It's about league average. Saying this, it is the second best on the team. But I almost would rather see Santana in front of Frankie. Frankie has better power. Santana, better on-base. 
Um, I almost prefer Santana 1, Lindor 2, and then who knows from there. Uh, it's not a great situation to be in. Now, the one other note I wanted to make before we go into the break today is that uh, Roberto Perez had to leave the game early today due to a mild concussion. We'll see what this means going forward, but it's likely going to mean that Eric Haas gets the call-up. We'll see if Perez goes on the DL, if they're going to send down somebody else, but I, Eric Haas, I assume, will be with the team tomorrow. Haas has been uh, clubbing the ball in Columbus. Again, that's a horrible park. So 11 home runs, take that with a grain of salt, but he's always had good power. That's always his calling card. He's going to be a low average, high power guy for the position. Probably best served as a backup with some nice punch to have on your bench. But, uh, you know, it's a chance to see what Haas can do. Hiring can be hard. Multiple jobs, stacks of resume, confusing review process. But today hiring can be easy and you only have to go to one place to get it done. ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matchmaking technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply for your job. This isn't just um, something where people can apply for. They have to be invited. And as we all know, an invite is better than just a cattle call. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great candidate. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. That's ZipRecruiter slash locked on, L-O-C. K-E-D-O-N. ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. This is also a reminder that we're also sponsored by Hotels.com. I have used the service. Basically, they make money by giving you a list of hotels at set prices. You can go there. They're only making money if you're saving money. Because if you're not saving money, you're not going to use their service. So... Hotels.com makes money by saving you that same money. I've used it. I can personally recommend it. Now, we talked about already another disappointing performance by the Indians. Every time they have a good series, it feels like they have a bad series. Um, Just to remind people again, it's a rough stretch coming up. But remember, they're going to have, once we get to June, there's going to be about a month where they are all cupcakes. And that is really where this team's going to have to make hay. Talked about the catching situation. I assume Perez will go on the DL. Haas will be up. Kevin P has not been playing well, so that is a bit of a concern. And we talked about the Bauer situation. Uh, He's got to turn it around. But if he doesn't, um, he and especially if the Indians don't turn it around, he's going to be a prime trade candidate in July because of 1.5 years of control. The Indians know that the minute the season ends, his value starts to drop, and it gets quite low if the Indians go into 2020 with him on roster. If you look at someone like Manny Machado, who is a borderline MVP candidate, and he was traded for one good prospect and three uh, interesting statistical performers who are not top prospects. So you really, the Indians know this, and they know they have to maximize value. So uh, Bauer... 
his performance and the Indian struggles really could lead to them moving on from him as early as this July. Now, if they do move on from him, it'll help a minor league system that has good depth but lacks blue-chip talent. And on today's trip around the minors, we are going to look into the Lynchburg Hillcat. Now, uh, whenever I talk about a team, I like to look at their box score from the uh, game for their week. The Hillcats lost a game against the Mudcats on Tuesday evening, a 3-2 loss when the closer for the Hillcats, Anthony Ghost, who used to be a outfielder for the Tigers, gave up a one earned run in the 10th inning. We had Adam Scott coming off the DL to start, the left-handed pitcher who was a draft pick a year ago out of Woford. He, uh, he had a strong performance, seven strikeouts, two hits, one walk, no earned runs. Nick Gallagher out of Iowa gave up two earned runs, which is all they needed to get into extra innings. As offensively, Nolan Jones had two walks. Oscar Gonzalez had a hit. Uh, Trenton Brooks had a hit. It's a lot of single performances. The only extra base hit with uh, Luke Watkamatsu. So it was not a great offensive performance for the Hillcats in general. When we look at the overall stats this year for them, Oscar Gonzalez still leads the team in batting average at 364. He has doubled his walk total from this time a year ago, going this time this time a week ago, going from one to two walks. Uh, he had set a league record for the uh, most bats without recording a walk. It's kind of mind-boggling that he's been as effective as he has when you would think that uh, his hyper-aggressiveness would be causing issues. But while he only has three home runs, he's got 12 doubles, and those three home runs are still good enough for third best on the team behind Jod Carter and Luke Wakamatsu. Jod Carter is a five foot eight, five foot nine outfielder. Luke Wakamatsu is a up-the-middle uh, player, neither known for their power, so it's interesting that those two guys lead the team. Nolan Jones finally had his first home run of the season, and again, what stands out for Jones is the 29 walks so far this year. That is almost, almost 10 more than the uh, next closest Hillcat. In terms of offensive performance, other names of note, uh, Steve Kwan has really fallen back to earth. Talked about him in the earlier in the year, extremely high batting average. He's the undersized outfielder who was drafted a year ago from Oregon State. But really, when it comes down to names to look at offensively, it is Nolan Jones and Oscar Gonzalez, and then not much else. A lot of good organizational depth, but not prospects that are going to grab you. Pitching-wise, Juan Hillman has been more effective this year than we have seen over the last few years. That's a positive sign for the uh, former second-round pick. Now He's a really good athlete. There's still a chance for something there. Sometimes pitchers, especially left-handed pitchers, can take a little bit longer to develop. I do wish he was striking out a few more batters. That would certainly make the whole profile a lot more interesting. But a solid walk rate. No one's hitting him hard. All positive signs for him. With the promotion of Eli Morgan, the top pitcher still remains down here for me, reliever Robert Broom, another one of the draft picks from a year ago. He has given up all of uh, one earned run this year over 19 innings, strikeout rate over 13. It's, you know, Adam Scott has pitched very well as another pick from a year ago, their fourth rounder. It was a senior sign who they gave a little bit more than senior sign. 
on the whole, Lynchburg is currently probably the... It's, they are, yeah. Because I was thinking Columbus, but Columbus does have some interesting names. This Lynchburg team is probably the weakest team in the minors. It has the lowest amount of prospects. They're going to be viewed as you know, guys who have potential as major league hitters down the road. If you're making a top five, this is definitely the hardest team to make that top five for, and there's not a lot of guys that kind of sit on the fringes of it either. Honestly, if I were to go six deep, we'd probably be looking at Gavin Collins there, as I've just always liked him as a hitter. Performance this year hasn't been super high. Number five would be Adam Scott, the left-hander. He's been a really effective pitcher. He's older for the level. He has a lot of experience. As a lefty, he should be eating up the the players at this level, and that is exactly what he is doing. Strikeout rate over 9, walk rate under 4. He is getting hit a lot, a hit rate over 10. But long-term, he's probably a reliever anyways, but it is nice to see that, that performance. He was just activated from the DL and had a strong performance today. So all of these numbers are before that start, so his numbers will improve. The fourth spot would go to reliever Robert Broom, another draft pick from a year ago. He's going to be one of those guys that sooner rather than later is going to get that call up to double A. Side armor, very much like Nick Sandlin. Maybe they don't want both those guys at the same level just because you don't want teams to get too many looks or if you're trying to get them both a lot of outings. Going back-to-back with them out of the pen isn't always going to be an ideal situation. I mentioned the numbers. They speak for themselves. Oscar Gonzalez is your next name. He's always been a big guy with big power. The power hasn't been there this year, but he's hitting at a high average, uh, extremely high bat pip, which either means he's very lucky but can also show a hitter who's just making positive contact. Um, It can be a great indicator of future success. The really low walk rate, though, is a horrible indicator of future success, so he's going to be someone to watch. But power potential, always had good tools, performance in his past. Juan Carlos Mejia is the next guy to really look at. You might remember him after he was added to the Indians' uh, 40-man in the offseason. He has uh, a strikeout per nine this year, over 11, and a walk per nine under two. He's always been able to control the zone throughout the history of his minor league career. He has only had five starts, so we're hoping to get a bit more out of there. No home runs given up. It, you, it's one of those classic things. Like You look at the ERA. It's approaching four. That's okay, but then you look at all the rate data, and it's strikeouts, walks, hits, home runs. That's all fantastic. So he's a guy where ERA tells no story. That should be ignored. And that's one of the reasons, you know, the Indians liked him enough to put him on the 40-man. He's a big right-hander. He's performing well. He's going to be 23 in August. He's another candidate because he did pitch uh, just one game in Lynchburg a year ago. But especially come August, we could see him up in Akron, uh, especially as a player on the 40-man. They're going to be more aggressive with him. And, of course, the top prospect is Nolan Jones. He is the Indians' number one prospect altogether. Um, Not hitting for power this year, but we're seeing the walks, seeing a higher average than we've seen. It definitely feels like a year where the Indians challenge him to work on some things, and that's exactly what he's doing. He's, uh, you know, offensively the future for the Indians at third base. 
there are some defensive concerns. Maybe he ends up at left or first base. The bat's going to play. He is a blue-chip prospect and probably the only one in the system right now. McKenzie's injuries have kind of taken off the shine, and Freeman is a really good performer as the number three prospect in system, but not quite that high-level guy. Right now, that's Jones. And that has been a quick preview of Lynchburg. I want to thank everyone who is listening, uh, subscribing again on the Himalaya app, Google, iTunes, rate review, always download, tell a friend. That all helps us. Thank our great sponsors. And as always, go Tribe.